With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. 56% of job seekers say the biggest challenge is finding a job that matches their qualifications. This according to an Express Employment Professionals Harris Poll survey. The job search can be lonely, but Express Employment Professionals can be your one connection to finding that job that fits you. Each year, hundreds of thousands of people find work through their local Express office. Find the location nearest you at ExpressPros.com. No fees for somebody seeking a job. Visit ExpressPros.com. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, It's great to be back. It's a Monday, and we'd love to hear from you today, as we always do every day. Best and worst of the weekend, what you saw that you liked, you didn't like. Everybody's in a good mood, had vacation, we're happy to see one another, high-fiving, and Marvin got blamed for us not getting nominated for a sports Emmy, and I said to Fritzy, that is a little mean-spirited, but I thought Fritzy was sending a private text to me about, we didn't get nominated for a sports Emmy, and then Fritzy goes, Marvin, question mark, and I said, no, no. Not for public knowledge. I I know. Not for public consumption. I know, but you sent it to everybody. Just letting you know that I think you were going to send it to me, maybe as a joke, but it went to everybody, and then I have to talk Marvin off the ledge. How awkward. You are not the reason why we did not win the sports Emmy. You're you're part of the reason why we didn't, but you're not the reason. Team effort. Yes. We all are the reason why we didn't. I didn't want to get dressed up and go to some stupid award show. Again? Open bar. Again. I mean, how many times can we eat a miserable dinner at that one restaurant? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm picking up a you know a $1,000 dinner. No, we don't want to do that. But it's okay. We're, we're happy to be back. We're excited. And we're ready to go into the summer here. Your phone calls, uh, operator, Tyler standing by, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address, dp at danpatrick.com. We'll talk NFL draft coming up in a little bit. Todd McShay from the Mothership will join us. And uh, I think this is an I told you so draft. Three years from now, there's going to be quite a few players where the analysts, the experts, the host are going to say, I told you so. Told you about Hendon Hooker. I told you about Jalen Carter. Oh, I told you about C.J. Stroud. I told you Bryce Young, too, too small. I told you Bryce Young, size doesn't matter. It just feels like that. So we'll talk to Todd McShay a little bit later on. And the real drama with the draft starts at the number two pick in the draft. The Houston Texans, to me, are the ones that are holding all the drama. Because you start to hear, and once again, whatever you're hearing, I cut it in half and then cut it in half again. Because there's no reason for anybody to... I give it the Fritzy treatment. Cut it in half and then cut it in half again. But I, I look at... Everybody has an agenda. And the Texans are really on the clock, too. If, if Bryce Young is going one... Do the Texans love C.J. Stroud enough to take him at number two? And I don't think they do. And does somebody really love him and want to go up and get him? 
And I think that's where the drama really starts. But uh, we'll talk to Todd McShay, Jamal Crawford, NBA on TNT, former NBA player. We will recap what happened, certainly with uh, the NBA playoffs. Uh, really interesting results so far. This is what happens. We will watch one game, and then you go, oh, I got this figured out. Yeah. Week one of the NFL season. Oh, my team is going to be great. My team is terrible. And you watch the NBA playoffs, and you go, okay, all right. Uh, Knicks, Knicks over the Cavs, okay. We think we've got it all figured out. Uh, Jalen Brunson, I told you, you know. Mavs made a mistake, you know. <laughs> I Sacramento Kings. Can the Kings be an underdog, even though they're a higher seed, a better seed than Golden State? Because it feels like that. I think we would look at this and say, Sacramento beating Golden State would be an upset. But, right? Is that fair to say? Paulie? Yeah, I, I think Vegas has it pretty close odds-wise, but, you know, Kings feel like an upset. The Warriors are one-and-a-half-point favorites against the Kings coming up tonight. But, but there is that feeling of they're still the Sacramento Kings. Even though, like, you can't look at them that way because a lot of the players that they had before, you know, they're, this is a new team. That team had nothing to do with previous, you know, playoff or regular season failure, or at least most of these players didn't. But, you know, this is a coming out party. De'Aaron Fox, uh, Sabonis. Now you're starting to see guys and you go, that guy's pretty good. Well, everybody's going to be an expert. It's like March Madness. You know, that first round, like, I tell you, keep an eye on that team. Hey, I told you Sacramento. Uh, but Sacramento is going to give Golden State everything, everything that they want, and then some. And really test that Golden State defense, because they can put up points. Stat of the day brought to you by great analysis there. They can put up some points there. there. You go. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's all about guard play. Stat of the day brought to you by Panini America, the official trading card to the Dan Patrick Show. This hour's program brought to you by Mercedes-Benz SUV family. Go take a test drive. Takes no time at all to set it up. Mercedes-Benz. Learn more at MBUSA.com. Yes, Paul? Technically, the Kings were a slight underdog in game one. Warriors, I got them a few different places as a, a point and a half favorite. So a slight underdog, the Kings. All right. Some of the winners, uh, 76ers. You know what? Joel Embiid's going to win the MVP. But that's been the focus of the 76ers. If you watch the 76ers, they're a really good team. We, you know, there's no drama. There's no Ben Simmons. James Harden fell back into a great playmaker, still a dangerous scorer. They have a, a seasoned coach in Doc Rivers. They got Tyrese Maxey, who I love. You, you have some talented players there. And that's why I think it's interesting. I look at the odds, the DraftKings odds this morning. Who do you think is the favorite to win it all in Las Vegas? This is East and West combined. The first two, first three are Eastern Conference teams with the best odds to win it all. If you said the Celtics are the favorites, you'd be correct. Then Milwaukee. Then the Phoenix Suns. Then the 76ers. The Nuggets after that, then the Warriors, the Lakers, the Clippers, Grizzlies, and Kings. And we don't know the extent of John Morant because he came down on his non-shooting hand and it got bent back. Uh, Giannis uh, fell down, uh, you know, landed on his tailbone. Don't know his available. You know, I mean, we're already seeing things like the Lakers are a really good team. 
And it, and if you're not buying into it or you haven't, you should, because they're a really good team. And they're getting production. You know, go back to the trade deadline. Oh, they got to get Kyrie. Got to get. And I'm thinking, why? No, you don't want Kyrie. All you have to do is get guys that will just kind of fill the voids that you, that you have. And they did a wonderful job. I want, I want no drama, low drama. And they got that. And, you know, Reeves has played well. Hachimura played well. Vanderbilt. These are guys who can shoot. And you have, you know, one of the great players of all time who is still a pass-first kind of guy in LeBron James. He's, he's ideal to play because he'll get double-teamed. You kick it out. These guys can make some shots. And you've seen that. It's a good team, and they're playing defense. And that's what makes them dangerous. Because if you look at the West, are you sold on Denver in the playoffs? And the answer is no. Sacramento is probably a year away from understanding what this is going to be all about. Memphis, I never bought into Memphis. The Suns are certainly dangerous. And then they lose to the Clippers. Wasn't that a typical Kawhi Leonard? Oh, that's right. Kawhi is still in the NBA. And he can still put up 38 points. And But I, I never questioned his ability. It's his availability. It's like, uh, Kawhi, no, he's not. Okay. And, and Russell Westbrook Jr. the third did his best to lose that game. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he helps them win it. Fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah, Paulie. The last 90 seconds of that game should be Russell Westbrook's career highlight tape. He misses a three. But then, why is he taking a three? Right when they they finally get the lead, they just <gasps> need a nice offensive set. He b- bongs a three, but then he makes two free throws and an unbelievable defensive play to close it out. Here is Russell Westbrook talking about how Ty Lue has confidence in him. I've been proud of myself every season to do everything. Um, I think I'm one of those guys that can do everything each and every night. I'm just grateful um, that. You know, T. Lou and the staff believe in me, regardless if my shot's not falling, uh, allowing me to be able to make an impact on the team and, and winning. He can do everything, good and bad. He was three for 19, but then he has 10 rebounds, he has eight assists, three blocks, and two steals. <laughs> I mean, that's almost like Draymond Green, but Draymond won't take 19 shots. You know, in fact, he's the second player in the last 40 years to post those kind of numbers in a playoff game without scoring at least 10 points. Draymond Green did that when he had four points, but he also had 10 assists, nine rebounds, five steals back in 2018. But it's fascinating. I love watching him. I would never want him as a teammate. I don't want him on my team. No, 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 no. But he's, he, every possession seems to matter to him. He does play hard. And how many players can you say that? Sometimes I wish he didn't play as hard because it, it's like he's going to try to do everything possible here. I'm going to take a shot, and I, I think I'm going to get six points for this shot. I, you know, and you're like, no, 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 no. It, it still counts the same there. Um, let's see, what else do we have? The, uh, the Lakers situation. Uh, I love that you know, the Grizzlies lead the league in talking. And uh, Desmond Bain was uh, asked about uh, Rui Hachimura. Desmond, in terms of Hachimura, what, how much of that was just the looks he was getting and what sort of adjustments or what can be done differently uh, <clears throat> to deal with him? 
I mean, yeah, that was our game plan going in. Um, you know, make him hit shots, and um, you know, he did. You know, tip your cap. It's probably the best game he's had of his career. Um, you know, it's seven game series. Let's see if he can do it again on Wednesday. <laughs> I mean, it's fair to say that. Yeah, let me see you do it again. And if he does it again, I would say, let me see if he can do it again in game three. Yes, Marv? Is it fair for him to think that, but not for him to say it? Well, these are the Grizzlies. They don't think. They just talk. So should he just be thinking? Yes. But he did say, all right, let me see if he can do it again. All right, fine. I mean, given what the Grizzlies say normally, I mean, that's harmless. That's not a big deal. Yeah, Paul. And you're not going to talk back to a grizzled veteran like Desmond Bain, who's been through so many playoff <laughs> series and so many. He's a war. He's been, what yeah. is he, year eight, nine? Yeah. Uh, so Nets at the 76ers tonight. Nets are getting 10. Warriors at the Kings. And I, I love the atmosphere. That was a wonderful atmosphere in Sacramento. Now, if my team hadn't made the playoffs in you know nearly two decades, I'd be pretty excited too. And uh, those fans, they showed out. And it, it was fun to watch. Now, this is where you got to come back to earth and say, all right, now, we re- now we're in a battle. Because now you're going to figure out what is Golden State bringing now? Because now this is when the series really going to start here. If Sacra- See, Sacramento, you can't let Golden State take this one. Yeah, Paul. Hey, um, th- you wouldn't let me off today for the Knicks parade. I was kind of a little salty about well, that. I was going to go to New York. <laughs> you know, Fritzy and I, Fritzy's a Knicks fan. Yeah. We were going to carpool down for the Knicks parade. Well, you got to win one game. Yeah, they, celebrating. yeah they, hey, you can't start a winning streak without winning that first one. <laughs> yeah, they beat the Cavs. On the road, come on. Yeah, I know. Take your shirt off. Woo! <laughs> Let's go. Let's party. Yes, Marv. Do not let the Knicks win game two because game three at the Garden is just going to be unbearable. <laughs> Keep me away, please. Are all the celebrities going to be back? Yeah. They're going to be sitting courtside? <laughs> yeah, the only people that are consistent is like Spike Lee and Tracy Morgan. Now you're just going to have a bunch of people you haven't seen yeah. in 15 years. Yeah. Back, okay, let's go Knicks. You weren't there when they were struggling. Hey, Ben Stiller's there. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Howard Stern's yeah, there. Yeah. All the diehard fans. Those long-suffering New York Knicks fans. Yes, Eden. I don't even want tickets to that game. Remember when we were getting Knicks tickets and they were like, oh, is Dan going? And we were like, uh, no. And they're like, oh, sorry, we don't have tickets for you then. Yeah. Yeah. I remember Knicks. Yeah. I remember. We, we, Let's go Cavs. Okay. We had tickets and then we didn't. Right, right. And then we had and then we didn't. Accurate. Yeah. I kept fudging your availability to go to the game. I said, Dan's probably going. And like, he goes, well, I need to kind of know. Meeting us there later. Yeah. So you could just leave ours and we'll just leave his at Wilco. We're going to need him to show up at the window to yeah. get them. Yeah, That's I know. exactly what they said. Yeah. He needs to pick them up himself. I know. And I was going to give my driver's license to one of the Danettes <laughs> just to say, just show the driver's license. You know, that person behind the plexiglass doesn't know who I am. And I'm just, all right, here's your, yeah. okay, here's your tickets. Yeah. Can you see that? You know, celebrities there and all of a sudden there's four Danettes right there in front row. Actually, even if I was there, they weren't giving us front row. I would have been like fourth row. Just anywhere row would have been but fine. But that's fine. But instead... It was rut row. Yeah, rut oh, row. Oh, 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 and we're back. <laughs> Here we go. Today's the first day of us getting nominated for the Sports Emmy next year. All right? Every day's the Super Bowl exactly. time. Exactly. That's the right attitude. Yeah. Whew. I'm tired. <laughs> I, we're, we're firing. Need a break. Ready to go. 
Ready to go. We'll take a break. We'll come up with a poll question. Phone calls always welcome. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. And uh, we say good morning to those watching on Peacock. Thank you, our streaming partner. Download the app, and you could watch just how disappointed these guys were when we didn't get nominated for a sports semi. <laughs> After the break, we'll rank most and least disappointed. Oh, yeah, Paulie, Paulie was uh, cheerleading. He was inspirational. I, I think I was uh, I think I was probably more bummed out than anybody else. Because I knew I carried my end of the bargain, and you guys did. <laughs> and, and there it and is. I, and I knew that you guys, you were going to take all the blame, and I didn't want you to. Right. Like we late, really let you down. Yes, yeah. you did. Like late 80s bulls, you know. But George. you let down our audience, not me. Our audience lives vicariously through it's it. It's like you're like uh, LeBron taking that crappy yeah. Cavs team yes. to the finals. Yes. yes. Like Anderson Varejo. <laughs> Eric, no chance in hell. Yeah. <laughs> Big Z. That's us. Yeah. Didn't they have Booby? Oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> Bo- Booby was on there. Sasha was over there. Sasha. Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah. Booby. Booby. All right. Let me take a break. We got to take a break. Let's regroup. And uh, we're ready to go. We have a poll question coming up. Back after this, Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like digging for treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. 
Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Check in with our buddy Jamal Crawford, NBA on TNT analyst, and was sixth man of the year three times. Played for nine teams over 20 seasons. Great to see you again. How's the jumper? Still sweet. Play last night. Good to see you as well, Dan. Okay. Your son is a sixth grader? Sixth grader, yes. Is he being recruited right now? <laughs> I wouldn't say he's being recruited right now, but people know about him right now. And that, and that's interesting to me because I wasn't known until I was 16. But as a parent, how do you keep your sixth grade son like grounded from the that, hey, you know, you got a long time before you get to college basketball here. Yes, we had a talk before we actually start playing AAU or before he started playing. And I told him, I said, you know what? Some people are going to say you're good. Some people are going to say you're not good. And some people are going to say you're okay. Either way, we got to be okay with either way. Just continue to get better. It's a long journey. So he's had a good attitude about everything so far. So it's worked out. How tall is he? He's 5'9 right now, actually. He's... He's trying to pass mom. I think they're seeing eye to eye. <laughs> she's going to start wearing her, her high heels. Even when <laughs> it doesn't happen. Uh, I'm on the Laker bandwagon here. Are you? You're not. It's not that I'm not. I believe they were built for the playoffs. But, I mean, I like Reeves a lot. I love AD. Obviously, LeBron is LeBron. He's one of the great ones of all time. But I'm just not exactly sure yet as they advance. Because I okay. think they can get this round. But as they advance, I don't know. I think they made smart moves at the deadline. Instead of going after Kyrie, you know, you already had the failed mistake with Russell Westbrook. And I think they're a, a better all-around team. And you, you might be right that they're built for the playoffs. Um, and this matchup with Memphis, because Memphis, you know, all they do is talk. And now with Ja being injured, um, see, I, I think everybody has holes in the West. Like, are you sold on Denver being the best team out West? No, I'm not, actually. I actually had, going into it, I had Golden State and Phoenix versus the field. I thought those two teams could actually, you know, be better than anybody else in the West. But I could see the Lakers being right there as well. When the game slows down, LeBron's at his best, right? And he's a chess master. And I always said, for the Lakers to go where they want to go, LeBron has to be their fourth quarter guy. AD has to be, and the other guys have to be their first, third quarter guys to kind of carry him so he can collect data and pick teams apart, and then that's when he'll take over and make his move. Okay. I, I like the Suns, but then, of course, they lose to the Clippers in Kawhi without Paul George. Uh, how does that happen? I think it happens when you're in the playoffs for the first time trying to figure it out. I mean, obviously, Kevin Durant's the best player, but him taking just 15 shots uh, – for me, it's not enough, but I'm sure he'll increase his aggressiveness out goes as it goes on. Where's Kawhi going to end up historically? That's an unbelievable question, Dan. Because, like right now, right? I don't know if he's top five player in the regular season, 
but I know he's top five player in the playoffs just because the way he plays, uh, what's important to him, what's driving him. He's been a champion for a long time. And, and when you have that, that's what really gets your juices going. And, and to do what he did yesterday, and it wasn't like it's a hot night for him. He can do that every single night, and that's why he's special. But why doesn't he play more? I think injuries. Uh, I think when you go through injuries, I think it changed you a little bit. You know, you, you become a lot more cautious. You become more um, just more cautious. You absolutely are, but he knows this is his time to shine. Yeah, it's just – I'm surprised when he plays. Really? Yeah. I, when he plays, I know he's going to play at a high level. I'm just never sure if he's going to play. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 went through a couple of injuries, but I think, hey, if this is the time we get to see him, when it's at the, the stakes are the highest and we see him most, we'll, we'll sign up for it. What is he like? Do you know him? Oh, unbelievable guy. Very funny. I knew Very you were. Funny. I knew you were going to say that. Yes, I, I, Jamal. I need proof that. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, he. he <laughs> Very talkative, uh, very fun, very normal. Uh, I think. Okay, mystique- Jamal, people say this about Bill Belichick. They'll be like, man, is he funny? And I'll go, no, he's not. <laughs> no way, right? Life of the party. So if you, go to, if you go to Kawhi's Twitter, right, I'm one of six people he follows from way back in the day. So <laughs> for a long time. It's, it's crazy. It's like Wingstop, uh, Jordan, and me. It's like, it was crazy because I've known him for a long time. <laughs> And he's been the same. He's always been very about his business, about getting better, um, and very funny. He's always been very funny. It's okay. incredible. All right. I'll take your word for it. Talking Trust to me on that, man. Trust me on okay. that. Okay. All right. Talking to Jamal Crawford, NBA on TNT analyst. Who's the underdog in the Sacramento Golden State series? I think Sac is the underdog. Even though they finished third, I think Sac's the underdog. Golden State. They were bumpy all year, but to end up in the sixth spot, and you just trust them in the playoffs. They had a chance the other night, but Sacramento still strong. Golden State is going to be a tough out because they know what it takes. They can lock down. They can go on those stops. They can go on those runs that are historic, right? And I think they still have that switch, and, and they're out to prove it for sure. Is it easier to explain Steph Curry's greatness or Clay Thompson's greatness? For me, I think it's it's – Easier to explain uh, plays, but Steph's an anomaly. Like, this little 6'3 guard changed the way basketball is viewed, the way it's played. I coach AAU, right? And to be in any gym in America and see guys shoot and turn around before it goes in or the dough behind the backs, every kid now believes that you can make it to the NBA because of this guy, because the way he's made it look, the way he's he's been the boy next door. But Steph's an assassin, man. He's special. He's an all-time great. And he might have created Caitlin Clark at Iowa. See? And there's going to be more players like that. Yeah. Because now you don't have to be, you know, LeBron size or Jordan size or Kobe size. You can be a 6'3 guard and say, you know what? I can I can out-hustle you. I, I can have just as much heart as anybody on the court. And my skills can be transcending where, you know what? My, I may have a shot to make it. But is there anybody who's had a better career in dribbling less than Clay Thompson? No, not at all. Clay is the bigger the moment, the bigger the shot, the better Clay is. Clay's one of those guys who'll make a tough one, like, ooh, Clay, you made that one. Oh, we're ready to go. Because he he's a fearless shooter, right? And when you have that, that's a that's a weapon. Think about the, the games he had against OKC in the past. Their first finals run. They could have lost that and not had this dynasty based off of what happened. 
Clay is unbelievable. I'm glad he's healthy. I'm glad he's he's back showing he's at top tier level, and he, I'm glad it's worked out for him because he's been through a lot of the last few years. I don't know if I can take the Knicks advancing because <laughs> the, the the fans, the Knicks fans, they'll party like it's 1999. <laughs> I, I I I mean, you know, the Hawks. They beat the Hawks one game, and you know, you had these bros with their shirts off celebrating in New York last year. And now with the Cavaliers, and, and you know what? Maybe it's a great story. But yeah, you see that Knicks jersey back there? I played there. We had no shot at the playoffs. We we won mid twenty five to thirty games in the year. They made it feel like a playoff atmosphere every single night. So I can't imagine being in the city right now, winning the game, and seeing the people's reaction. Because, like you said, if they advance, it's gonna it'll be like <laughs> it's, it's probably like it's nineteen ninety nine for sure. Uh, but who would you see celebrity-wise besides Spike Lee when you played? You were in, in New York for, what, five years? Yes, five, yeah. almost five years. Adam Sandler, uh, Jay-Z, P. Diddy, Spike, of course. I remember one game, uh, Samuel Jackson was there at the game, and, and we're sitting across from each other. I think he said it was Spike, and my hand was wrapped, so I wasn't playing. He came in the suit. He's like, you're not playing? I said, no. He's oh, like, all he came to watch you play. <laughs> that was really, really cool. And the last part of that, I actually just got an email. Uh, probably like a couple months ago and a guy emailed my foundation and he said, Hey, just want to let you know that Heath Ledger was at the game. when you scored 52. And I knew that part. And he said, we hung out with Jay-Z afterwards. And that was Heath's first basketball game. And you kind of helped spark him getting into basketball and playing afterwards. So you had a Heath Ledger fan, which was pretty cool. What was it like hanging out with Jay-Z? Oh, it was really cool. He was always so cool. And it was funny because all those celebs we talked about, I was always a little bit more nervous when he was there. So I wouldn't look at him until I got like eight or ten points. And I was rolling. <laughs> and then I, started, I was like, all right, he's there now. I, I see you. But I saw him the whole time. I just wouldn't let him know. Uh, so you got uh, the Phoenix Suns or Golden State coming out of the West still? I do, with the Lakers being that dark horse. Okay, now East. You know, the James Harden storyline is really quiet, Jamal. And... You know, we, I, I think because he's almost settled back into, I'm going to pass first, shoot less, less drama. And we've only talked about Joel Embiid. We haven't really talked about the Sixers as a team. And it's all positive. I, I, I don't know how dangerous you think Philadelphia is, but man, if I was going to, their odds are long, but I would, I would jump on that because I think they're, everybody's talking about Boston or, or uh, Milwaukee. Right. No, and, and with that situation, it's interesting because Joel said something after the game that I've been saying all year. We love James being a point guard, but at some point, if they advance and they continue to advance, he's going to have to be more aggressive to score the ball as well. Like, I love, you know, 22-point, 13-assist James Harden, but at a certain point, we're going to need 28-point, 10-assist James Harden as the goal score because Joel's going to need that second guy as they continue to advance. Oh, okay. Doc's playing well, but – he has that gear, but he's going to have to show it more as it continues to go further. But he's playing unbelievable right now, being that point guard. Who do you like coming out of the East? I still like Boston. Okay. Uh, I like Milwaukee, and I think Milwaukee's better against everybody else. But I think Boston can actually match up with Milwaukee and, and do some damage in the playoffs. They had a game late in the season where I thought Boston absolutely was trying to send a message, and they did that. I think it was the last time they played it. We always talk about playoff basketball. You know, it's different. Or the calls that you would make, yeah. like a playoff foul. Uh, yes. Can you describe the difference in the feel of a regular season and the feel of a postseason game? The regular season is just free flow, right? There's there's any kind of contacts of foul. 
everybody's scoring. It's more like an all-star game setting. In the playoffs, Dan, let's say we, we were playing, right, and we're going to 15, and it's 14-14, and that last point is aggressive, it's tough, you're not getting anything free. That's how every single possession is in the playoffs, and that's why you're exhausted afterwards. That's why you've left it all on the court. That's why you have scars and, and you know things of that nature, bumps and bruises you didn't even feel until after the game because every single possession is is definitely intense. And that's why I'd rather see the score be down in the playoffs, but the points mean more. Like if you got 20 points in the playoff game, you earned it. It was no freebies. You really earned those points. Now, J.J. Redick has been on record talking about, you know, that everybody talks about how tough the game was back in the 90s and as – you know, it's it's uh, he thinks it's as physical or it's overrated how physical it was back then. And I said to him, the greatest player in the history of the sport got knocked down every time he went to the hoop by the Detroit Pistons. There was yes. no, you know, you can say there's star treatment, but, you know, they they wrote a book called The Jordan Rules about beating up Michael Jordan. They're not writing any books about beating up Joel Embiid. No, <laughs> and, and I agree with you, Dan. Uh, I love J.J. Foreman. He made one of my, my close friends, but absolutely it was more physical. Not just the physicality. It, when you get continuously beat like that when you're going to the basket, it's going to play on you mentally, too. Do you really want those two points? <laughs> every single time. So the physical is one thing, but the playoff, the mental is something else. So it was definitely more physical back in the day. Well, I could hand check you. Not only hand check, you can hand check and guide somebody where you wanted them to go. Like you can physically say, no, Derek Harper was the best at it. He would guide you where he wanted you to go. So two points then, to me, it meant a lot more because it was just so hard to get. Okay, but could Steph Curry be Steph Curry back then, given how you know how you could play? Yeah, Steph Curry could be Steph Curry anywhere. And, and that's what's special about him because – He's one of the few stars that don't ruin the flow of offense because he moves so much. Yeah. And when you can shoot like that off the move and shoot like that off the handle, you'd be transcending any era. And he's, Steph would be Steph at any time. No question he's the greatest shooter of all time? No question. Because most guys we talk about, the Reggies, the Rays, they do it mostly with somebody else creating the offense for them. Not saying they couldn't do it off the dribble. He does it off of both. And, and the, the space he creates, the gravity he pulls, like – He's shooting five feet, six feet, seven feet behind the three-point line with confidence. So when you do that, you give space to everybody else, and that's another way to make your teammates better. Okay, one three, you're going to pass to somebody, or you're going to take it yourself. So game seven, the one guy in NBA history you want taking the three with the game on the line is who? Let me take you out of it because you should should pick yourself. Yeah, right. the one person... That you want taking that three? Steph Curry. And the reason why is, let's say I ran a play for him and he came off a pin down. If he didn't have it, he can still create something off the dribble to create anything. You can give him this much space. And and Steph Curry's great at the tough shots, too. His threes are worth more than anybody else's in history because they're so deflating. Some people in the, in the stands are doing this. Some are cheering. <laughs> Some are like, I can't believe what I just saw Steph Curry's the one guy I want taking that shot. God, I I just can't imagine what it's like to go out there and know there is the potential of being embarrassed. But do you guys get embarrassed when you're guarding somebody who's oh, supposed to be great? For sure. He absolutely is trying to demoralize you as well. He'll do it with a smile. And it's it's incredible <laughs> because 
he's the boy next door, but his he's an assassin. So he he thrives off that. He becomes a bigger monster. He goes from six three to seven feet because he's he's taking your fans, making them his. He's He's getting joy with everybody else, and he's trying to turn your lights out. And then you watch, and the ball doesn't even touch the net. Like it, it just, the net doesn't even move. It's like, oh my gosh. Well, I know he and Steve Kerr would have these free throw shooting contests. That if you you had to squish it, like you couldn't hit rim, or if you did, then that counted as a miss. And it, it's almost like I'm surprised when Steph does draw iron with anything. It, it's just That's that pure. Yeah, it's a different level of shooting. That's like perfection shooting, right? It's not about even making the shot. Yeah. I want to go in where it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't touch anything, right? How many strands did it touch up there? Oh, none. Okay, well, that's, that's a good shot for me. Uh, great to talk to you. And uh, hopefully we'll catch up again. And uh, good luck, you know, more importantly, being a parent. Oh, uh, it's the coolest thing. Thanks so much, Dan. Now, do you that. want him to be like you or like Steph? Let's do somewhere in between. If he can take <laughs> some of both, I think he'll be all right. <laughs> No, there's no NIL yet for your sixth grader. No, no, okay. That's coming. We're still, it is, but we're, as long as we keep the, the love of the game, everything else will take care of itself. Good to talk to you again. Thank you, Jamal. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate That's it. Uh, Jamal Crawford. He played uh, 20 years in the NBA, NBA on TNT analyst. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app, at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. This is Steve Cavino and Rich Davis, and together we are Cavino and Rich. Cavino and Rich. Thanks, buddy. Uh, that's right, Cavino and Rich, Fox Sports Radio's newest hit show. Heard weekdays from 5 to 7 Eastern, 2 to 4 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Every Cavino and Rich show is available as a podcast. Just search Covino and Rich wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe. I'm such a rockin' dude. The show features our unique take on sports, injected with some fun, humor, and relatability. Listen to Covino and Rich five days a week on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Covino and Rich, give me a hell yeah! Draft This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the, I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges, a ton, including 
include their own unique mini games like digging for treasure or a robot pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Kings lines for tonight. Nets getting 10 against the Sixers. Warriors minus one and a half against the Kings. Paulie has an NBA quiz for me. Well, for all of us. Ready? Yeah. Here it is. Okay, since 2015, who in the Ooh. NBA has the most total amount of points and assists? Not average, but total points, total assists, going back to the start of the 2015 season. If you add them together, who's leading the league? And if I can give a hint if you this want. This one person has the most points and assists? If you combine them together, those two stats, they're leading the league since 2015. He's, this person is also second in just assists. So James James Harden is the right answer. Okay, <laughs> I don't want to stop James you there. Harden. James Harden. James Harden since 2015 has 27,644 points and assists. That's more than Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, Damian Lillard, Giannis, and then Demar Derozan is on that list. Man, we kind of unlocked that door with Damian Lillard when we had him on a couple of weeks ago, and we started talking about what's going on in Portland, and it just Felt like that was it. It almost felt like Russell uh, Wilson when we had Russ on after the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, talking about the situation in Seattle. And I wasn't really asking about the situation; it was about loyalty. And then all of a sudden, it felt like Dame had some things to say, and it felt like Russell Wilson had things to say. And we know what happened. You know, Russ is watching the parade go by. Dame Lillard's been watching the parade go by in different cities for years. And then I wonder, if you're Portland, it's not popular to trade away someone like him who has played and played hard. Uh, you just haven't had the results. Now you have to start thinking about what is the future for the franchise. Um, as he said, look, I don't want to be waiting with young kids, you know, who are 19, 20, 21. What is he, 32? I mean, he wants to win. Do you guys want to win? And if you want to win, show me you want to win. And I think it just felt like something clicked there with Dame. It's like, you know what? There's a little bit more to that story. Uh, Todd McShay, ESPN College Football Analyst and uh, Draft Analyst as well, available now on ESPN+. Plus. Todd McShay's Mock Drafts, Prospect Rankings, Pro Day Observations. Also tomorrow, 
ESPN Plus, Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay, a three-round alternating NFL mock draft. And, of course, the have the uh, draft coverage. ABC will be the first two days. ESPN on the third day. Todd will be involved with that. Great to see you again, Todd. Uh, is it a good or bad draft because we don't know who the first pick is going to be? It's a fun draft. I'll say that. I, I, I feel more confident today. What are we, nine days out, right? I feel more confident today than I did 10 days ago on who's going to be the number one pick. I, I really think it's going to be Bryce Young. You know, all, all the, the information we're getting out of Carolina, and they're trying to keep it quiet, but it's hard when you have the first pick, and it really comes down to two guys between Alabama's Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud from Ohio State. The information is going to get out. So I, I can't say it's 100%, but I feel really strongly that it's Bryce Young at one. Now, where this class gets really interesting, and if you had asked me 10 days ago or two weeks ago, I would have said it. if it's not, if, if it's not Young, it's Stroud at one, and if it's Young at one, it's Stroud at two. I'm, I, the more the closer we get to the draft, the more information I'm getting that Houston is not going to take C.J. Stroud at number two. If Bryce Young was available, I'm told that they would take Young at two. So what does that mean, right? So if Houston stays at two and takes and takes Will Anderson, and remember, D'Amico Ryan comes as, comes in as the head coach. You got Nick Casario, the general manager from Bill Belichick, with a relationship with Nick Saban. And, and D'Amico Ryans comes from San Francisco where they built this great defense and been able to plug in quarterbacks and get to NFC championship games. And he's a defensive guy with Alabama roots. So Will Anderson would make sense at two if you're comfortable with your quarterback situation, which I don't understand how Houston can be. But if they're not sold on one of these other quarterbacks, then maybe they go Will Anderson at two. And now Arizona, they, they went from having a prize pick at three to having, I mean, the stock rises on it uh, just tenfold. Because now, like, I was told that Las Vegas was very interested, and, and I know for a fact they tried to get up to number one. They weren't able to get a deal done. Carolina gives up the farm to go up to one. And I was told that they're not interested in any quarterback not named Young or Stroud. But now they're in the mix. If, if Houston or if, if Houston goes Will Anderson, Arizona now could trade out. And if Houston sits there at two and says, you know what, we love Will Anderson, but what can we get for this pick? And if you're Houston, right, and you're going to pass on Stroud, that's one thing. But if you're going to pass on Stroud and now you're handing him over to a division foe and you've got to face him twice a year, Indianapolis sitting at four, or, or Tennessee at 11 could leapfrog uh, Indianapolis and get up to, to two or three, I would want to control that if I were Houston. I would want to make a deal with Las, Las Vegas, move down to seven, still get a great player, but also get additional picks and make sure that Stroud is not in our division. So that the draft kind of starts at number two for me. Yeah, I was going to ask you where the drama started, and you just answered that. But also, this time of the year, trying to get real information, Todd. How, yes. Because I, I tell my audience, don't believe anything that any of these coaches or GMs or owners say. Right. But – what should we believe? Well, it's funny because every team that's not in the quarterback market has a big opinion on the quarterback. <laughs> you know, I, I can talk to teams drafting in the twenties and you know thirty and thirty-one, and they're, they're they love to give your their opinion on Will Levis. We wouldn't take him. Anthony Richardson's too big of a project. You know, but when you're up there and you're sitting at four like Indianapolis, you're sitting at seven like Vegas or eleven like Tennessee, and you need a quarterback. They tend to look a lot better than uh, than the teams that don't need them. So 
it's it's tough this time of year. Obviously, I I lean I lean on my relationships. I get information typically from other teams that have information or have friends within those other teams that there's kind of some leaks. And then I always bounce things off of Schefter and Mortensen because they, they're typically hearing the same things or different things and try to balance out that information at this point. But it's difficult. I mean, the amount of disinformation that is fed out there in the public and you see on Twitter and those sorts of things, I laugh at because I get off the phone with a general manager one day and a director of college scouting the next day. And then I, I'm reading these things. and I'm like, that's the exact opposite of what they're saying, you know? I have a friend who's a scout who's been a great resource, and I always say to him, you know, give me somebody that we should be keeping an eye on. And he's been pretty good at giving me that guy in the, in the first round. But I said, what do you think about B. John Robinson at Texas? He said, I would love to see him as a Debo Samuel type of player where I can use that running back, that talent, yep. but also I can keep him in the system and not overuse him as a running back and maybe have this hybrid here. So... I don't know if that, it feels like we're we're gun shy with running backs, but his 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 grade on Bijan Robinson is through the roof. He said, "I love yeah. the, I love the kid. He's got great hands. I would love to see him as a, a Christian McCaffrey type." And McCaffrey could probably yeah. play you know a slot receiver, but I wonder your thoughts on Robinson and the running back position. Bijan can play slot receiver, and if you studied his tape at all, and I've, I've got clip after clip of him in the slot running. Not running, like you know, underneath routes, but getting down the seam, catching in traffic, catching the ball over his head, contested situations. He can do all that. When I talked to uh, Coach Sarkeesian before the TCU game this, this year, he said, listen, we, we're trying to limit his touches. We're not trying to wear him out. But the catches he makes in practice, like you'd be shocked. Like, I know there's good game tape, but the things we see in practice are, are out of control. So I could see him in more of a, a hybrid role. But I'll say this, I haven't, I've got him as the number two ranked player in this class behind Bryce Young. I haven't talked to a team, and I'm talking probably close to a dozen teams, that, that have him outside of the top five. Everyone has him in the top five in terms of their grades. Now, where does he fall? That's, yeah. that's the fascinating part. I mean, Philadelphia doesn't take a running back in, in the top ten. They, they love taking offensive and defensive linemen. But that's the first spot where you can look and say, that might make some sense. I think he's just as talented, maybe a little bit more unique than Saquon Barkley. And Saquon was the number two overall pick. But you see the, you know, the beating and the injuries that Saquon had, and, and you just wonder, is it worth it? So it may get down to like 18 to Detroit, 21 to the Chargers, with Austin Eckler having issues there. Yeah. And I, I still hold this out. Dallas is obsessed with getting a running back that can be, be, be their guy be a compliment to Tony Pollard like they had with Zeke when Zeke was, you know, more closer to his prime. Mike McCarthy was dying for a big power back like that, wants to run the football. They want to be a run-based team, and they would love to bring the Texas star into Dallas and make him the star of their offense. So Dallas is sitting at 26. It wouldn't shock me if they made a splash, jumped up into the teens ahead of teams like Detroit and, and the Chargers and went and get, got Bijan maybe around like 14, 15, 16. Talking to Todd McShay, ESPN College Football and NFL Draft Analyst. This feels like an I told you so draft three years down the road. That somebody's going to go, I told you about Hendon Hooker. I told you about Anthony Richardson. Good or yep. bad. Hey, I told you about C.J. Stroud. Do you get that feeling or is that every year that it feels like an I told you so three years down the road? No, I think it's more so than, than this year than it has been in past years. Um, 
Last year, we knew that there was maybe one quarterback in the first round. The group wasn't very good. I think with the quarterback specifically, after after C.J. Stroud, and even you know, in, in NFL teams, some teams are mixed on C.J. Stroud. I've talked to so many teams that are so concerned about Will Levis, and I've talked to a couple teams that love him. <laughs> Anthony Richardson, we all see it. I mean, he's a he, he's a phenom. He's he's different than everyone I've ever evaluated. But he, I saw it, Todd. But then I didn't see it. Like that's right. that's my big concern. I was like, damn, look at that guy. And then it'd be like, oh, is Anthony Richardson playing? Oh, he is. The so, roller coaster of his draft stock has been similar to his, the roller coaster of, of watching his tape. Like I. I did the Kentucky game, and so I, I was fresh off the Utah game earlier in the season. After the Utah game, Heisman Trophy, number one <laughs> overall pick. This guy's like better than Cam Newton, you know, in his, in his prime. And then I, the Kentucky game, I'm on the sideline, and first of all, it was great being on the sideline with the Kentucky defense. I, I can't use half the words that were said, but every time they got three and out, because Heisman, Heisman this, Heisman that, they had a great plan. They took away the run. They played with discipline, and he looked lost. And that was right after the Utah game with the 45-yard touchdown run and, and juking the guy the last minute to get in into the end zone. And we saw what he can be physically. But then a week later, we saw how inexperienced he is. So I'd love to see him with Shane Steichen in, in Indianapolis. And Steichen has worked with, with Justin Herbert and Jalen Hurts and his developed quarterbacks. But do they have the patience to, to wait a year with Gardner Minshew as their starter? And so it, so much of it is going to come down to where these guys wind up going. But uh, there, you're right. There are a lot of I told you so. It's either good or bad in this class. Give me the team that should draft a quarterback that maybe we're not keeping an eye on. Minnesota. I think Minnesota should. They're sitting at 23. You've got Kirk Cousins, who's going to turn 35 this summer, was 23rd in QBR a year ago, continues to struggle in in big situations. We go back to that fourth and fourth and you know a few yards last year. And in any big game, he has struggled. He's got one year left on his contract. It would be a perfect time to bring in a bridge quarterback. Now, at 23, they don't have a second-round pick. So it's not like they have all this ammunition to go up and move, move to get one of these top four quarterbacks. So it could be Hendon Hooker, where they say, you know what? Maybe we've got an early second-round grade in this guy. He had uh, ACL injury, surgery in November. Maybe we have to sit him a year, but this is the perfect situation to sit him for a year. The only issue is he's going to be 26 in January, you know, of his rookie year. So now you're talking about 27 before you're putting him on the field, but it's still still a quarterback. And if you draft him in the first round, remember, you get that fifth-year option. So it makes more sense to take him in the first. So Minnesota, I, I know from people in the league and, and from sources I have, they've been doing a deep dive kind of quietly into this quarterback class. So it wouldn't shock me late in the first if they took one of these guys. I, I'm sure you remember this. Merrill Hodge was discussing Johnny Manziel. Yeah, I saw it on Twitter this week. With with Skip Bayless. Oh, yeah. And, Classic. And, and, you know, Hodge was never a hot take guy. Like, he was a football nuts and bolts tape guy. Yep. And, you know, Skip, of course, is hot take. And, you know, Hodge's like, no, you don't take this guy. You know, not in the first round, second, third, maybe fifth round, and then – Skip said, you, you know, you couldn't be more wrong about that. I, I'm still, I, I think we're all fascinated with Manziel on how he was so spectacular, but he failed so spectacularly. Yeah. Well, first of all, it I, smoke I, and mirrors that, that I got to work with, with Haji and Jaws and those guys. And 
you know, we would do all Kuiper and I and, and a bunch of people in studio would do all these shows leading up to the draft. And I used to call it the NFL Films Biker Gang. You know, Haji and Jaws, Jaws. they'd come rolling into Bristol like a week before and tear up all these mock draft ideas. Mansell <laughs> sucks, and this guy sucks. He can't play, you know. But but I love it. And you know what? More often than not, they have they have really good points. But with Mansell specifically, he was unique to college because he could get away with things in college that he couldn't in the NFL. And I know he had his best game against Alabama, which was essentially an NFL defense. Uh, but but physically, there were limitations that allowed him to be great in college to, where he couldn't pull it off in the NFL. And, and he got away with a lot of slop and a lot of backyard football. And when he had to play within structure, he wasn't there. And I think the most important thing is he just he was so he had so many things outside, outside influences. You know, there was a lot of partying and fun. He he loved what football brought to him. I don't think he truly loved football and was dedicated to do what you know, what. Peyton Manning and Tom Brady and Drew Brees and, you know, all the great quarterbacks over history have done in terms of putting in the day-to-day grind. Always great to talk to you, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you, Todd. Take care. Todd McShay, ESPN College Football NFL Draft Analyst, and uh, his mock draft available at ESPN+. Plus. Available tomorrow on ESPN+. Plus. Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay have a three-round alternating NFL mock draft where they take turns making picks. I uh, have mentioned before, I have a uh, source, a a friend for a long, long time in the NFL as a uh, scout, and he is uh, doing some scouting right now for an AFC team. And uh, he said one of the players that he thinks is a real quality player is Jameer Gibbs. He transferred to Alabama from Georgia Tech. He says, fast, elusive, great hands, and the comp will be Marshall Falk. So he says he'll be a steal wherever he goes. Uh, He also said he believes, uh, still likes Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud. Uh, Will Levis, uh, he's going to drop in the draft. Too mechanical. Anthony Richardson, a big reach. Accuracy issues don't usually get better uh, as you go into the NFL. And uh, so that was it. Just some information that I got earlier this morning. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, 
limitless answers.